All right, welcome everyone, and thank you for a special edition of the Fooshcast, what we are calling the post-Hasbro Fan Festival um, Fooshcast, and there's nothing like a ton of new Marvel Legends reveals um, to bring us back uh, on online to have a discussion, but um, I I've got to say, even in the craziness of the world right now, it is so great to be here chatting with the fellas again. Uh, we have the Hasbro Marvel team, uh, Dan, Dwight, and Ryan. And gentlemen, it's so nice to talk to you guys again. How's it going? How are you keeping right now? Tired, but no, tired and energized. We're, we're psyched to, that, to recap the Fan Fest uh, reveals and, and answer any questions. And um, yeah, that, that's what it's all about, really, in this kind of new day and age where we're all stuck at home. We get we get amped up for these big events, right? Um, and the aftermath. Yeah, and uh, we, we have a chance to do stuff like this, which is something new uh, in, in the world that we're going through. And, and you know, Dwight, I, I don't think that it would have been possible on your bingo card of new things that we could have experienced during a pandemic year that uh, your drapery would have been such a focus of conversation. But uh, the action figure collector world can be a weird place. <laughs> Yes, yes, it most certainly can be. But, uh, you know, hey, if I, I just figured if I could keep them focused on my drapes long enough, maybe they wouldn't razz me about the toys. So, you uh, know. Oh, you, you, you underestimate. It'll play out in the history of toy, but I'll take it. <laughs> next, the next HasLab is just like pieces of his drapes. That's all. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if, if the first live event, your guys' uh, shirts uh, are. The ring or a jersey in it, yeah. Swatches, swatches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, the action figure community can be a weird place, but it can be a wonderful place. And the, where I wanted to start was with, uh, you know, literally the biggest project that you guys are working on right now is that you guys gave us an update to the progress of the HasLab Sentinel. And it had been a while since we had uh, seen an update, but you guys got to show off some new features, electronic features and the packaging art. Um, and, and it made me wonder, you know, what, what's the biggest difference or maybe the biggest challenge that has been bringing this bad boy um, to life as far as development goes that's different from a regular Marvel Legend or a Marvel Legend series? Um, from I'll speak for the the development side of the product, and I'll let Ryan take a, Ryan Dan take their side. For me, it was the engineering uh, of it. the The design of it was no different than any typical figure. You know, you had to figure out uh, articulation layouts, and then part breaks, and then you know, obviously focusing on finding the right pieces of reference to inspire the design. But the you know the the torque and tension that's on a figure of this size when you're playing with its knees and hips is way different than you're when you're dealing with something that you have to grab with two full hands to move so there was a lot more engineering uh, development concerns um, super high praise to our uh, engineering teams here in the U.S. as well as ours in HFE because both of them had a you know a monstrous task to figure out fracture under the stress of such you know large moving uh, hinges that had so much uh, leverage that could be applied to them so that's been the the biggest challenges from 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 my side of the the development i think just from from the business side of it um it was scary doing doing a crowdfund to be honest with you for the first time i mean the the sale barge and unicron preceded us and they were both ultimately successful but those those teams were were sweating bullets for a while, and they had you know like like all projects, it had its ups and downs. So, 
we were it, we were very fortunate that it ended up working out. Um, the the support was tremendous off the bat, so that kind of gave us a little more confidence, I think, which we're, we're carrying forward. And the Haslab, the the teams doing Haslabs are always learning from each other. I think Razorcrest Razorcrest took several things from us and improved on it, and then we're looking at Razorcrest and being like and learning from them too. So it just kind of gets better and better. And then I'll just say, looking back, you know, all's well that ends well, um, but. It was about a year ago now where we were getting ready to launch the crowdfund and we were all still adjusting to working from home. It's not the way that I or I think the team wanted to launch Sentinel. We wanted to be it at Comic-Con. We wanted people to see this glorious diorama of a Sentinel battling all these X-Men and really getting up close before you decided to you know, purchase it. Um, but that wasn't possible. So we had to just adapt and, and do what we did. And fortunately it worked out. We're kind of that was a year ago and we're still kind of in more or less the same place, but at least we've, we've adapted to that and we, we got a better grip on, um, on how to go about the marketing side of it, I would say. I mean, just, I to have, chat, just to, oh, go ahead, Dwight, my bad. Oh, no, I'm, I was going to be stupid. I mean, I have like literally 300 skulls in my office right now that I don't know what to do with because <laughs> it was supposed to be the, you know, the remnants of 300 dead mutants scattered across a destroyed mansion. That's how it was, that's how the Sentinel was supposed to be delivered to you guys in all of its glory at Comic-Con. And uh, now I just have bags of skulls just sitting in my office that I don't know what to do with. I, I swear they're toys, sir. That's, th that's all, they're, they're, they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, ultimately we wanna say thank you again. We haven't said it enough, but, uh, it couldn't have been possible without everybody, especially like people who, you know, are in the foosh, you know, making making Sentinel possible. So I've already said it before, but uh, save your cash for the next HasLab because I'm very competitive. If we don't beat Razorcrest, I'm going to get mad pissed. So we'll see what happens. Help us, support us. And uh, yeah, just save your cash for the next one. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna get to that uh, for 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 sure. But um, I, I'm not sure if you guys mentioned or if you can't. Are we still tracking for kind of a late summer, early fall delivery on on this guy? Yeah. So we've been saying they'll start shipping in August, mm -hmm. depending on who, like how many pieces you ordered and kind of where you are. I guess the actual fulfillment date might vary, but it will start in August. So. I get when we say August in the in the toy industry, that was typically tied to planogram sets. So we call August fall, but mm -hmm. so most, but that's not really how the calendar works. So it's not going to be fall, fall like Thanksgiving fall, right? It's going to be late summer, kind of early fall, I'd say. Cool, really, uh, really looking forward to it, and you know, finding finding a place to uh, to, to to put it back there is going to be a, a a fun challenge for sure. But okay, well, if we can pivot a little bit, then uh, you guys were able to show off a full new wave of Marvel Legends, um, and this one is very Iron Man centric. And, and I've got to say that uh, getting a shot at the stealth Iron Man, which is by far uh, one of my favorite Iron Man uh, variations, I guess, um, you know, I, I really love the, the paint scheme on that. It's like, oh yes, it's mostly blue, but from the photography, it looks like there's a lot of different shifts and subtle, you know, changes in the color and, and the red, uh, you know, repulsors and things like that. What What's the challenge, Dwight, of making a mostly monochromatic figure like that really stand out the way that this one does? Uh, I think, I mean, it's dialing in the, the, the coloring, uh, you know, so it doesn't look uh, cheap or pedestrian. And that has been one of the most uh, Herculean uh, challenges of uh, COVID. It's like to not, be, to not be as entwined with our model shop as we've been typically when, you know, you have something that doesn't look right or if you have a, 
a question, you know, you just walk, you know, uh, half a football field down and you're able to talk to everybody you need to, and you're able to get out your paint books, get out paint chips, get the paints and really uh, hand touch the, the, the sample of whatever it is and make sure it's exactly to spec exactly what you want. Uh, this whole year of um, specking colors, having those colors translated into a computer, having that, you know, interpreted by an artist uh, somewhere in some city close to you, but not right next to you, and then sent back to you has been an absolute nightmare. It, I mean, we've, we've worked so hard and the teams work so well to try to come together. And I think we've come a massive way, uh, you know, speaking to you now today, as opposed to where we were last March when we all said, peace out, see you guys sometime, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, for six months, it was, it was agony. It was absolute agony. Um, but everybody really stepped up, put a lot of effort in, and we really tried to figure out ways to bring all these things to life. And we all, every one of us has faced, you know, in some way this year and figuring out how we can figure out uh, not necessarily better, but new ways to work together. You know, it's like, I don't think anything's better, but it's just different, right? It's like, you know, and some of those differences are good and some of them are bad, but it's all just a whole new world of where we've become and who knows where we're going to go six months from now. But that was the, the biggest challenges. But I, I, I think I'm very pleased with those two tones of blues, you know, um, yeah, because his armor is about uh, two different shades of blues. And then, like you said, the reds. Um, but uh, it's a really, uh, I don't know, sophisticated color palette yeah. with the two, you know, um, and I, I, I'm really pleased with it. Um, it took a while to get there, but I, I'm glad I'm glad you like it as well, especially since you like that armor so much. Well, 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 I will say that you could have probably packaged just about anything in this series because the Build-A-Figure is what gets me more more than anything. And, and, and I couldn't believe it. And, and I'm absolutely thrilled. What 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 made this glorious man bear with abs, uh, Ursa Major, what, what made it his time to go into this assortment? Because I know a lot of people were guessing a completely, you know, logical but different direction. And then boom, giant man bear. <laughs> um, it was working with our with Dan and Ryan on that to come up with the right pick because we had talked about doing other things. We wanted a more classic Crimson Dynamo, mm -hmm. but with Crimson Dynamo becoming the the Mark was it Mark one one of the early versions of Crimson Dynamo becoming the build a figure for the Black Widow wave. We're like, ah, fans will be pissed off at us if we come back out with another Crimson Dynamo too quickly, and then we're like, all right, where else could we go? Titanium Man. And then Marvel Select uh, announced their Titanium Man. And we're like, okay, once again, we can go there. And, you know, and, and we're never afraid to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a competitor because we obviously think we can always do a, you know, the, a, a better job. I mean, that's why we're all competitive, right? But we're like, well, let's give that one a little bit of a space. And then we were like, well, what's something different? What's something, you know, unexpected? Um, because if everything else armors, what is something that you wouldn't think about? And then you know with with the with the three of us and with our engineers and um some other friends we kind of came to this weird uh giant furry bear man with uh with abs well well it's a it, it's a great pick and i gotta say that uh, it, it moved grizzly and probably like armadillo and other animal characters like that way up to the top of my uh build a figure <laughs> want list that's for sure <laughs> 
Oh, I think I think you'll definitely see a, a grizzly at some point with a, a handful of new parts and pieces. I think I think that's a predestined, wouldn't you say, guys? Pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, another figure in that assortment is Ultron, and Ultron has had quite the road uh, in Marvel Legends, from <laughs> bunny versions to off-model versions and whatnot. But we are finally getting this clean, iconic, classic version of Ultron, and and, and he kind of he ticks off a long-standing need in the line. So I wonder now that he was kind of the teaser figure for this and you've had some time to live with him out there you know amongst everybody what who do you think has moved up kind of to the top of the list of that you know gosh we've never had the perfect or or a good version of this character in the line i mean the right answer is dr bong but i, I didn't know if you guys had you know a different take on this because you might not be able to see him that original toy biz marvel legends one toad is the longest standing figure in my marvel collection right now and it's it seems like he would be a good choice but what what from, from your guys perspective what's up there now yeah toad's a great one um we're we're aware of that um <laughs> So yeah, at some point, right? We got to get to the, we got to complete that classic, that classic brotherhood team. Who else is out there that we've, uh, that could use an update? I don't know. We've been doing a lot of them from your Modox to your, uh, you know, Ultrons and things like that. And it's, and it's just finding the balance. I think a lot of people will say, oh, the Toy Biz one is better or, or is my preferred version. And, and yeah, we're not trying to take away from any of those, like, a lot of those are iconic and will always and will always be. They're just not as accessible to people, and they're of the time, right? Those are early two thousands. It's a different, it's a different era with the pinless this and the photo reel that and and everything. So we're just trying to like mix and match uh, as best we can. Toad's gonna be twenty before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Ryan, you nailed on something about the, the accessibility too. You know, and, and just even to, to dive even deeper into that, there's some great figures out there from the past still that you know are are amazing to have on your shelves. But just because you and I have them, because we might have been collecting 22, 25 years ago, doesn't mean that you know. I know. <laughs> don't tell our wives. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean that you know. There's not you know thousands more who just who've got into these universes over the last five to 10 years, who've never had the opportunity to pick up, you know, that Toy Biz uh, Modoc, you know, um, Toy Biz Giant Man, Toy Biz Mojo, right? Some of their big, crazy, weird build figures that they've done in the past that are, I mean, we, we've done versions of some of them. Like we gave you a theatrical Giant Man and we did a Giant Man that was what, in the Marvel Universe line? Was that the last one we did, I think, that was classic? So that's kind of Legends, that's Legends Light, you know, but we haven't done like a proper one of those. We've never touched Mojo. He'd be awesome to, to update it. As far as the standard figures go, I think you're spot on with Toad. We've, we, we definitely have talked about that and we know that we have to get a, a, a Toad out there in the line. Um, you know, uh, seeing, uh, looking at your shelf behind you, you got uh, the Watcher up there on the top. Yeah. You know, you know, that one, you know, definitely needs to go. I think we did a great job with our man thing uh, yeah. a few years back, right? You know, so That's kind of, taking, yeah, yeah, so those are, I don't know, those are a handful of the ones that I would like to see us tackle at some point in the future. And I'm totally using your wall as a cheat sheet because it's so much easier just to look what's behind you as if try to remember whatever is in my brain. Well, yeah, like, even for me, like I'm a pretty new work collector and I missed out on a couple of classic ones that even were from like older Hasbro. Like I missed out on Blob, 
I missed out on like Ping Fang, like, you know what I mean? So like, those are all characters that I personally would love to, and I hope we have another shot at that as well. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, uh, it's no lie that the Fantastic Four is my favorite, you know, Marvel team. So seeing those being able to be, you know, opened up a little bit with the work that you guys have been doing is exciting to me um, for new characters. But, you know, Ryan, I, I probably throw this at you then, um, the, the vintage, uh, smaller scale figures. I, I was really thrilled to see Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, uh, in, in in that assortment. And man, we're going to be getting back to live conventions and things like that. So I got to tell you, I'm going to hold you to the rest of that Fantastic Four uh, core team in that, that line because um, it's it's exciting to, to it's it's exciting to be excited about something that doesn't usually fit into your wheelhouse. I would say, and and I think you guys are doing some really exciting stuff with that smaller scale stuff and the packaging that goes along with it. Yeah, that's been a really fun thing to work on. We we pitched that idea years ago and it wasn't the right time. And then all of a sudden it was, and we had to just build it from the ground up working, you know, Tony, Tony Colella helped out a lot on that. And then Ben, Ben Grimes, of course, on packaging, working with uh, John Tyler Christopher, who does all the art. And so it's just really been kind of a, a passion play for us too. And, and, and different than, different than your standard six inch development and really opened up uh, the new types of characters to do. And I'm just, after you, you saying that Nick reminded me of like, the Walgreens Fantastic Four, Six Inch Legends. The first one who, out of the gate was Sue, right? And then I believe the second one was Johnny. And then the next year, so hey, maybe yeah. we'll maybe we'll follow that plan um, in three in, in the uh, three seven five scale too. Well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to that for sure. So uh, they they look great, and it's cool to get the you know the, the blue and white. My my favorite's the, the the black and blue version, but the blue and white um, that, that that's fun to get as well. And and then keeping with the Fantastic Four, then um, you guys saved it for the last, the one that got me to you know throw my hands on the side of my head and go, oh man, is this. Uh, next HasLab, um, you know, collaboration. And I, 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 I'm not going to, you know, press you guys for time because I imagine you want to get the Sentinel um, delivered and all that before that. But I, I got a friend here who's going to be getting real jealous of uh, some, some, some stature uh, in the not too distant future. Or I got to say, I'd love to be able to drive a fantastic car myself too. So um, I can't wait to see what you guys have got cooking for the next uh, HasLab. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it's coming up so quickly. And, um, you know, the fact that it's Fantastic Four really makes me excited. So um, you guys have a little bearing on when we're going to learn more about that yet? Did you, so you like that teaser video then? Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna, gonna <laughs> well, it's yeah. driving me crazy too, because my mind is going, you know, in all kinds of directions. Yeah, so I think we've been saying today that we will um, have an update uh, on the next HasLab before the Sentinel ships. So... We won't have to wait for the Sentinel to get completely out there. A um, couple of months. Yeah, a couple of months time. Celebrating the 60th anniversary for Fantastic Four. So it, it might not just be the HasLab that, you know, you'll be celebrating for Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? I, I've got some space up there that I, I left to be able to expand in anticipation of more Fantastic Four stuff. So I'm ready for it. <laughs> The whole year is wrapping around that floating head that was in the Future Foundation in that jar. So that's what everything is going to be focusing on next year. 
Well, 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 good, because that, that brings me to my last uh, question then, because, you know, I know you guys are pressed for time and you, you, you've got a lot going on and you're busy. And Dwight, just because we're not in person, um, I feel like I've got to ask you this question because I talk to you about this every time that I get to see you in person. And with the Fantastic Four bent that looks like we're hopefully headed towards, wh wh why you got to keep me waiting on those Inhumans still so much, man? <laughs> Technical difficulties. I'm just set it in front of my thing. Oh, yeah, Was that me? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I guess I dropped that whole question, huh? <laughs> yeah, we had some sort of uh, Fantastic Four cosmic intervention that just broke <laughs> it all up. The, the 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 cosmic gods don't want me to give you a hard time about you know making me continue to wait on those Inhumans because that's where I was going. But I'm going to keep my fingers crossed <laughs> for this uh, Fantastic Four focus coming up, uh, you know, in the next year. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think we got some, we got some room to explore some uh, inhuman type stuff in the, in the lines going forward. Um, we got, you know, it's a big year for the Fantastic Four. We'll have other cosmic adventures coming with um, the, the movies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, you know, when, when the movies go cosmic, that gives us an opportunity to explore uh, comic stuff, even if that's not related to the movies. You know, so that, you know, that could be the ability to get some Inhumans and stuff out there. I mean, we've had Black Bolt and Medusa, you know, I mean, they're a nice couple and all, and I'm sure they're happy because at least they have each other, but, you know, she's got they're missing a lot of actually talk to. <laughs> yeah. She can hang out with the mini Lockjaw, the three and three quarter <laughs> mini Lockjaw. I didn't think yeah. about that. Poor Medusa's just been staring at this guy for <laughs> all those years. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh -oh. Well, uh, all right. I, sorry, I had to needle you about that last one. But um, guys, um, congratulations. Great job um, on on Friday. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, you know, I know everybody's probably going to be asking, you know, when's the next one for around San Diego time or, or whatever. But I'm looking forward to it and seeing updates on, you know, Fan Fridays and whatever else uh, with, with you guys. Um, you've really made a go of it with the challenges uh, of this year. So thank you very much and good show. And I'm just looking forward to what's next and happy to be along for the ride. Thank you as well for supporting us, buddy. It's good to see you even in this, uh, in, in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to toy fair 2022. Hopefully we can make it happen. Right. <laughs> And keep I, carrying I the torch for uh, Dr. Bong. Don't let us forget. <laughs> oh, I won't shut up about that. I promise. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much and have a good afternoon. All right. All right. Thank take you, it easy. You. Thank you.